Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, and we take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. You can always join us live each Sunday morning at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. at our Rock Spring, Georgia campus, or at 11 a.m. at our Rossville, Georgia campus, which is just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Thank you to our worship team who did a fantastic job today, man, Denny, Josh, thank you so much. Hey, um, I, I do want to say this, those of you who are here in the room and notice I'm not wearing a um, uh, camouflage shirt, which I indicated I might do that last week and you went and bought one and so many people have been in those today. Uh, I'm switching, doing a Father's Day sermon today and so I didn't wear one today, but I will next week and there are a few more for sale out there if you want to grab one. So many of them got gone last week. And if you want one in your size, they're five bucks and out there. Make sure you grab it when the service is over or we will be out very, very soon. So, hey, uh, today, as far as the, the Bible goes, I'm going to put all the Bible verses on the screen. So I'm not going to have you turn to one particular point. And I want to preach to fathers and I want to do this. Daddy ain't done right. Let me talk to dads uh, for just a moment. Let me tell you a story. A doctoral professor and an assistant professor, a doctoral student and assistant professor, recently published a study that confirmed what most of us already knew, and that's this, that male students in college tend to overestimate their own intelligence, credentials, and understanding, much more so than their female counterparts. So here's what they did. They did a study. They put everybody together in working in pairs, and after they'd done a lot of work in pairs, they had them break up and rate your intelligence. And here's what they discovered that the men ranked themselves on average smarter than 66% of the class, where the women on average ranked themselves smarter than 33% of the class. And it echoes what you already know. Men, we, we have this tendency to think we know more than we know and we're smarter than what we really are. And women have a tendency to just do the opposite. Women have a tendency to ask questions and dig in and dig a little deeper. And men are more like, no, I got that. So here's what the study concluded was this, that boys are often more comfortable saying they understand something without having an actual deeper understanding. So here's what boys, here's what men do. And we do it as men do it as boys. Is we're, oh, yeah, I, under, I got it. Oh, yeah, I got it. Oh, yeah, I got it. And we think we're smarter than we really are. Well, I know that's true for us men. And so it influenced me this week when I said, well, I want to preach a Father's Day sermon this year. And I began to think and look at the Bible and look at some verses and realize that because we men have this tendency to over, overestimate what we think we know, we have a blind spot about some of this. So since I'm a dad and a husband preaching to dads and husbands, I asked my wife for help. And so I'm going to actually invite her up. She's going to come up and help me this morning. Because earlier this week, I asked Sherry this question. What do women and wives and moms really need or want from their husbands or dads? So instead of me just making up a list and, and grabbing some stuff and, and saying, well, here's what, here's what we need, I wanted her to give me what we need to hear. And ladies, she is your representative today. So she's going to give us what for. No, no, she's not. She's, 
But when I asked her, I said, hey, g- give me a list of things that you and you think most women would appreciate out of their husbands and, and their dads. And so what she's going to do, she's going to come up. We've already discussed these, and I know what she's going to say now because we've, we've done it twice. And she, she's going to discuss these. Now, let me just say this. When she's discussing these, uh, she's going to say what the principle is, and then she's going to talk about our family for a minute. Inevitably, she's going to talk about me because I'm the husband dad in the home. Do not think this is the Joel show or that Joel does everything right. Joel's very well aware that he's not doing everything right, but she's got to talk about some context because I'm her context. I would not want her talking about your husband, right? Like you. So I need her talking about me. And so she's going to do that. This is not the Joel show. This is not Joel does everything right. This is what she has appreciated uh, from me as a father or husband and, and really what she needs from me as a father or husband. So we're going to go through a list of four things that help us do daddying right. You ready? So number one, Sherry, what's the first thing you told me when I asked you the question? Okay. What, number one is to take the lead spiritually in our home. I think the first thing that most women and wives and mothers want is that their husbands lead them spiritually. My heart trusts safely in Joel because I know that in his decisions, because I know that he walks and I know that he talks daily with Jesus. Long before he was even a pastor, I knew that. And the girls and I know several things about their dad and the way that he leads. And number one is he just has a daily quiet time with the Lord that is just uh, very inspirational to me. Um, One example was um, I have a dear friend of mine that has just went through breast cancer. And she's in remission now but still going through some of just the after effects of the treatments. And just this last week, Joel asked me and said, hey, give me an update on your friend. And I updated him, and he said, well, I just wanted to know because I still pray for her every Thursday. And that just means so much to me that throughout our marriage, I know that Joel has not only called my name and not only called my girls' names and needs in prayer, but he's always asked us and prayed for our friends, and he prays for my niece and my nephews, and he just calls them by name. And that just means a lot to me as a wife and to my girls as as their dad. And then another way that he has led our home is that Joel just forgives easily, very easily. He is um, not uh, easily offended, and he really does not hold a grudge. Um, Throughout our life, I just really have never known Joel to um, hold a grudge against someone, um, except if you might be a Tennessee fan, <laughs> and then maybe then. Mm. But and then another way that he has well, led. Hey, oh, God holds a grudge against Tennessee well, fans. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I'm just. <laughs> um, and then another way is that um, he has really led our home in knowing that it's fun to serve the Lord. There is joy in serving the Lord. Hey, thank you, Sherry. And here's here's here when you say take the lead spiritually. This verse is what comes to mind out of the book of Joshua, because Joshua is probably one of, not not probably, is one of, maybe the greatest leader in the Old Testament. If you read the book of Joshua, and even before that, as you see his mentoring under Moses before that. And Joshua said this, even later on in life, at the end of the book, Joshua said this in uh, chapter 24, verse 15, but if it does not please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today which you will worship. The gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. Here's what Joshua says. As for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. Now, I want to tell you that the way Joshua worded that was so good. Here's what Joshua said. Joshua said, as for me first, 
and my family. Here's what Joshua knew. Joshua knew that if he led the way spiritually, the chances were his family was going to follow. At this point, Joshua's family's grown. He didn't have toddlers at home. Joshua was saying, as for me, men, I'll take the lead in leading spiritually. I'll be the one that steps up and leads our family to be spiritual. And here's what we've always known in the church that it's been sad for too long that, that women have led the way in church. And I, I say it's sad because we're of the men being that over the last hundred years of the church has been women who attended more, women who served more, women who gave more. And men, it ought never to be that way. A real man is one that steps up and takes the lead spiritually in his home. Let me give you just a few ways to do that. Number one, do this. They need to know this. Number one, you spend time in prayer. Like your family, there, there's going to be a moment in your life. Listen, there's going to be a moment in your life when your wife or your kids need to know you can get in touch with God. And that's not going to happen when, when disaster strikes and uh, uh, she has to say, can, can you get a prayer answered? Do you think God will listen? I mean, I mean, they need to know that you have that time every day, that you have that list every day, that you're committed to spend time in prayer. Second thing they need to know is this, is that you read and obey your Bible. Here's what your family needs to know. Your family needs to know that you are not filled with wild, random opinions, that you are filled with the wisdom of the Word of God. And you just don't know the Word of God, you obey your Bible. You listen to what it says. Hey, listen, I've said this all morning. One of the most glaring things your family notices is like, hey, when a pastor preaches a sermon and it's out of the word of God, do we obey the sermon or we ignore it in our daily lives? Uh, another glaring example is when, when you are, uh, 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 when it comes to your finances in your home, you, you know, you, your kids know we teach that. The Bible teaches that. We ought to give our tithes. And listen, our family has, our kids have always known that 10% of our income went to the Lord. More than 10% of our income went to the Lord. Why? Because we wanted our kids to know that, hey, what's in the Bible is meant for us to obey as well. Read and obey your Bible. Men, number three, they need to know this. You're committed to the work of the church and not just a casual bystander. God doesn't need fans and he's co-laborers in the work with him. Number four, men, they need to know this, that when times get tough, you are a spiritual rock they can lean on. I'm thankful for godly women. I'm thankful for godly mothers and grandmothers. But men, when times get tough, your wife, your kids need you to take the lead spiritually and know that you're a spiritual rock your family can depend upon. All right, Sherry, number one was take the lead spiritually. What was number two? Love and put your wife first. So my mama gave me the best advice on the night before I got married. And that was, apart from my relationship with Jesus, to keep Joel first. Because she said, your children will grow up and they will leave you. And they'll have their own families. And it's true. They do. <laughs> and so Joel still treats me as if we were dating from the things he says. Um, he was a great love note writer when we were dating. Great. And he still writes great love notes. And he's great at affection and just in so many other ways. Um, 
we often just ride down the road and hold hands, and he's the one that reaches for my hand. And so he's, he's great about that. And until today, and until I said this earlier, um, he really never knew this, but I've known it for all 32 years of our marriage that when I walk into a room, I can tell that Joel finds me with his eyes, and he just sends me just a, a little love look, and I just know it. And whether it might be a wink or however he does it, he finds me, and I just know that I'm his girl. And so after 32 years of marriage, I still feel like his girlfriend. You still are my girlfriend. Guys, here's what you got to know. And I love advice that starts off with my mama told me the night before we got married. Like, I love that. And uh, what a good mom-in-law to say that. Uh, Because here's what you got to know. Kids come and go. Jobs come and go. Friends come and go. Situations come and go. But it should be you and your wife forever. I mean, that has to be a priority. She's going to be busy with many things in the home. Uh, She has a career, a job as well. She's going to be busy there if you're not careful. When kids come along, especially if you're a young couple with small kids, those kids come along and life just gets so hectic. You have to make sure she's loved. Because I just want to tell you, those of you that have small kids, that you've got them in the nursery and children's church, you remember. You remember when they were born. Savannah, my oldest daughter, is watching this right now on our live stream. Savannah was born, and we were like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world, six pounds, four ounces. Michaela came along, a little bit bigger, nine pounds, three ounces. And we're like, oh, these kids are awesome. They love me. They'll never love anybody more than me. And then they have the audacity audacity to ask me to give them away to another man and I've got a lot of money invested in those kids I got a lot of emotions invested in those kids giving away is a strong word sell maybe but give away was a little too much so let me tell you how you put your wife first here's what the Bible says husbands love your wives and don't be bitter towards them husbands love your wives and don't be bitter it is a command of god that you put aside from your relationship with him that you put your wife first and love her above all else let me tell you some ways to do that number one is this uh number one is this let your kids know she's first you you have to husbands and wives listen i tell you you're getting into trouble I've seen so many marriages fall apart after the kids get out of school because you know why? You've put everything into those kids and uh, you barely know the person you're living with. Men, that's your responsibility to make sure that does not happen. You could have, my kids would ask me when they were young, who you love the most? And I said, mom. And they're like, we're going to play a game. Nope, love mom most. Don't want to play a game. Love her most. Love her most. Our kids knew that. Our kids knew we didn't keep secrets from them. If they started a sentence with, Mom, I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell Dad, she said, probably going to tell Dad. If they said, Dad, I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell Mom, probably going to tell Mom. Like, you know, we just didn't do that. Our kids knew that Sherry was first in my life, apart from God. First. You say, you love your kids? I do, but again, they're, they're going along. Here, Michaela's sitting right over here. Savannah watching online. Michaela's sitting over here. If you ask them right now, who's the most important man in their life? It ain't me. It's not good English, but it's good preaching. It ain't me. They're both married. And they're going to tell you, their husband. And so, if you ask your daughters, ask your sons, 
who's the most important woman in your life, he's not going to say mama. He better not say mama. He's going to say his wife. You know why? I know that works because I took her away from a mama and a daddy. And she now would say I'm the most important thing, and I say she's the most important thing. You got to let your kids know, hey, you don't get to come between this relationship. I'll tell you the second way you do it. Number two, an affront against mom is an affront against dad. You, 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 you get smart with mom, it's the same as if you've done it to me. Number three, men, you want to love your wife, serve your wife. Here's what I mean by that. I've always felt like if I'd be the leader in the home, that I ought to lead the way in serving my wife. I, I don't, my wife tries to serve me, and I just don't let her. I don't, I don't want her doing things for me. I want to do things for her. And so I feel like I need the way. If anybody in the home is going to serve anyone, it ought to be me serving her because I'm to love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. It's my command. I mean, you show your wife you love her when you serve her. Number four, date your wife. What do I mean by that? I, are you talking about a date night? Sure. My wife and I have a date night we try to keep most every week, but I'm more than that. Here's what I may, mean. Make her always feel like she's your girlfriend. You say, well, how's that help me be a better daddy? I'll tell you how. Every study you can find show, shows that your kids are more balanced when mom and dad love each other. It puts their heart in a safe place. And then number five, you want to love your wife? Ask and listen to your wife. You say, well, I want to ask her. Here's a question. Ask her this. Honey, how am I doing as a husband or a dad? And then just man up and let her tell you. You say, well, my wife thinks I'm great. Just give her a minute. Let her think on it for a minute. She needs less time than you imagine to think on it. To say, well, there might be a thing. Is there anything you'd, it might be a thing or two. Um, might be a thing or two. I have this list I want to go over with you. Uh, uh, ask her and listen. Love your wife. Put her first. Number three. Okay, number three is to keep the home happy. Joel has always just been a happy guy, and I always say he wakes up happy and he goes to bed happy, and it's just really the truth. And I can't tell you what a gift that has been to um, me and my girls. Um, we never have worried about Joel getting playing off the hook about something just small or random. He's not easily agitated, and he, he lives with this. If it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal. And I often tell him um, that he's a sherry whisperer because I do sometimes get a little crazy and no. he yes yes it's true it's true <laughs> and he calms me he has a way of bringing calmness to me and to our family and I'm very thankful for that um, another way is that he's brought happiness to our home is just he has always been so involved with our girls and um, from the time they were little I, I you know when they were even too young to hold a bottle he wanted to throw a ball with them I'm like they can't even hold a bottle and so mm. he, that's just him and he has always played with our girls one special memory that I have is when they were younger um we he had asked me earlier in that day he said hey I got this idea um what do you think about it and I loved it and so 
we put the girls to bed, had put them in their PJs and had bedtime and prayer and bath and did the whole thing and put them to bed. And then we let them lay there for about five minutes. And then we went in and we started screaming, get up, get up, we're going to the movies. And so we went to the movies and we didn't care about the time and we just had the best night and it was a great memory. And he has always had special things like that that he comes up with even today for our family. And so we're thankful for that. And as you know, Joel's a big sports guy. Well, he didn't have boys, but my girls can really play some ball and they can play video games and hang with the guys on that because their daddy has always played video games and many nights were spent at our home with them playing and laughing and I was just doing my own thing, watching Andy Griffith or something. But anyway, so they would play video games. And even to this day, um, our oldest daughter, Savannah, is 30, and she's married Trey. And Savannah will text me a couple of times a week, and she'll say these words, Can Dad come out to play tonight? And what that actually means is, Can Dad play Fortnite tonight? So he's fun, and he's kept our home happy. Yeah, so really, Sherry said I was a Sherry Whisper. The truth is, we never get riled up at the same time. She gets riled up, and I'm calm, and then I'll get riled up, and she's calm. We're not sure the earth, earth may end if we both got riled up at the same time, so she's the Joel Whisperer, too. And by the way, Savannah, I won last night on Fortnite, a solo thing, just so you know. But, um, man, can I tell you this? The, keep the home happy meant a lot to my wife because there are going to be times of stress, kid trouble, health issues, financial stress, job loss, relationship stress. Instead of being in an angry mood and being the mood killer of the room, Dad, I think it's our, it falls on us to be the one that lifts up the mood. The family ought to be happy to see us coming, not be happy to see us going. So what are some things we can say about that? Number one, be positive. You know, when the home I was raised is not necessarily a positive home by and large, but I read a book by Zig Ziglar. How many of you know who Zig Ziglar is? You know Zig Ziglar? I read a book by Zig Ziglar when I was a young adult, see at the top, and he talked about all that positivity, and I said, that's the person I want to be, and here's kind of where I land in life. I would rather be positive and wrong than negative and right. If somebody's got to look on the bright side, let me do it. If somebody's got to try to cheer the room up, let me do it. Anybody can be the negative Nancy. I want to be the guy that says, hey, I know I may be looking through rose-colored glasses, but let's just pray and hope I'm right. Be, be positive. Number two, be happy. Just, you say, well, I don't know how to be happy. Look, man, dive into your Bible. Ask God to help you change the mood and mode you're in. You can be happy. And I'll tell you one thing that'll do it. Number three is be encouraging. If you'll learn to be an encourager to the other people around you, you encouraging them makes them happier and their happiness will make you happier. So if you give out first, it all comes back around. Here's what Proverbs 17, 22 says. A joyful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. You've been in those times in your home life where you had a broken spirit, where something tragic or, or sad or anxious had happened in your home, and it, it dries up the home. Men, our charge is to be the joyful heart of the home. And that becomes good medicine to our wives and even to our kids. What was number four? Okay, number four 
is last, but gracious, it's just as important. It's share the load. And so the truth is, it is just hard for families to get it all done in 24 hours. And so we have had a family motto for years that says, no one sits until everyone can sit. And Joel has always been great. I can really never remember him just sitting while I was up working. And so we just always share the load at home. We all worked until the work was done. And I hardly know a woman that acts of service is not one of her love languages. Share the load. Hey, I'm going to let her go sit down. Love you. Nobody I'd rather not social distance with than you. Share the load. There's a Tom Cruise movie came out uh, a few years ago. My wife and I watched it, and they had this phrase in it. I think the name of the movie was Oblivion. The phrase was, we're an effective team. It was him and his robot wife, but we are an effective team. And we kind of adopted that. And my wife and I, after a long, hard day and a long, hard working night, we'll often lay in bed together at night, and we'll say, uh, she'll say, what are we? And I say, we're an effective team. Or I'll say to her, what are we? And she'll say, we're an effective team. Because why? We share the load together. Dad, your husbands, your wives need you to carry part of the load. If you're going to be the leader of the home, I want to take it a step further and say that you need to take on more than your part of the load. That's what leaders do. And although most dads work hard at the job, Sometimes those same hardworking dads come home and check out while mom does the work, the running around, the errands, and the cleanup. And dad sits. And oftentimes she's been at work all day long herself. So men, again, not the list I would have put together, but I love it. It's our job to stay involved and to share the load of the home. How do you do that? Let me give you three three things. Number one, don't sit until everyone sits. That was our family work motto. Until the work is done, no one sits down. I don't sit and let her work. She doesn't sit and let me. I'll come in from the office if she's home and not out doing real estate or whatever. She's cooking most of the time. And I'll come in and say, do you need help cooking? And uh, most of the time she says no because she didn't want to burn the house down with me in it. But she'll say no. But I'll help. So oftentimes I do help. And then when we eat at the table, I'm usually the first one up from the table and I go start doing the dishes and clean the kitchen. Why? Because that's part of sharing the load. I don't even mind. I want to lead the way in serving. I don't sit as long as she's working. And I want to tell you, if you want a good motto at home, that's it. Don't sit until everybody can see it. Number two, you say, I don't know what to do. Number two, well then just ask. Ask. She, she's got a list. She's got a you call it a honeydew list. That's the big project. She's got a daily list she needs help with. And number three, if you want to be really good, look for ways to serve without even being asked. Don't, men, the last thing we need to do is make our wives beg us to help, nag us into helping, to have to constantly remind us to share the load. No, you serve without. Here's what the Bible says. This is one of the most famous verses in the Bible, 1 Timothy 5.8. But if anyone does not provide for his own family, work for his own family, especially for his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You say, well, that's talking about financial. It is talking about financial, but it's talking about more than that. That men, we are to help carry the load. Our wives are not our servants. We serve them. We love them as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And most marriages I know could be fixed if somebody came, out, came up under 
the load the wife is carrying and helped the wife carry the load. Share the load together. I ask her, what did you appreciate? There's plenty I did wrong. This was not the Joel show on Tell Joel Everything. But she, she had to talk about somebody, husband, and I preferred it be me if she did. And it was, uh, well, what do they do? And look, ladies, a lot of your list may have been up here as well. Take the lead spiritually. Love and put your wife first. Keep the home happy. And men, share the load. Would you stand with me across the building? At home, I want you to, if you're watching at home, or also I want you to hang with me. Because I tell you, this whole list is impossible unless you know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. I just want to tell you, it's hard, man. We need the Spirit of God within us to make this work. If you're watching online and you're here in the room and you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, can I tell you, it's as simple as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. You can't earn your salvation. You can't work for your salvation. You cannot save yourself. B, you have to believe that Christ died on the cross for your sin and rose again the third day. We call that the gospel story. And C, you have to confess him as the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I'm going to ask you, wherever you are, at home or in the room, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You don't know heaven as your home. You don't have Christ in your life helping you live out this Christ life. These things are impossible without the Spirit of God. I'm going to invite you to become a Christian right now. And I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. It's not, you may know how to pray, and if you do, go ahead and do it. But most of the time I find people need help in praying, and you pray in your heart or out loud. But pray something like this. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's the intent to trust Jesus that saves you. So pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned, and I can't save myself. But I know that Christ died on the cross for my sin and rose again on the third day so I could be saved. And just now invite Christ into my life to forgive me of my sins and to give me a home in heaven. I trust Jesus and Jesus alone. Hey, look this way. If you prayed that prayer with me just now, you are a Christian. And I want you to tell us and text the word I did to 97,000. Where the phone number goes, type in 97,000 text I did. We had, we had two people saved last week who texted in and let us know. And you can do that even if you're in the room. Text I did to 97,000. And we're going to send you follow-up material that tells you what the next steps to do in the Christian life are. Because we want to follow up with you whether you're here or at home. And now let me say, dads, thanks for being here today. Sometimes we just need to tune up. And I thought no better, no better way to do it than give the women folk a say into our tune-up. And I hope it's helped you today. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing our way out. And uh, uh, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget the mission, whether you're at home or whether you're here, is still to reach every person in Peavine City with the gospel. So would you keep sharing the news? Keep telling people and invite them to our church. I hope to see you back soon. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this Father's Day. All the dads in our church that serve you, love you, love their wives, love their families, love their kids. They do such a great job. And Lord, today we did just need a little bit of a tune-up in our lives. Thank you for giving that to us. Thank you for Sherry and what she spoke into this. And I pray for my own life and the lives of these men here that we'd accept that as it was given. A word that will help us be better and better as a husband and as a dad. 
We love you, Jesus. Help us to love you more, knowing that if we love you more, all the rest of that takes care of itself. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. For more information about Peavine or to get in touch with us, please visit our website, peavine.org. Thanks for listening.